Expounded Universe, Season 11, Episode 5, Bespin Rocks. The book, Jedi Search by Kevin J. Anderson. The year, 1994. Chapters 12 through 14, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. Back after a week's hiatus, I am Jeff, joined as always by my co-host John. John, how are you? I'm so okay. (laughs) I'm extremely (laughs) okay. I'm exactly in the middle of the road, no deviations. (laughs) Uh, You will find me in no good spirits, but no bad spirits either. Uh, well, I understand. I mean, I feel like neutral is pretty much the the hoped-for goal these days. Oh, yeah. If you can get yourself in neutral and just sort of roll down the hill of life, then you're doing okay at the moment. Yeah, you're doing better than most, so that's, gl- that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we, took, uh, we took a week off from this show because I had some family business, which I get the impression people might have thought was like emergency family business, but... Really, it was just that it was the last chance to see my brother before he moved to Kentucky. Yeah. And, uh, so farewell to David, who's a listener to this show. You will be missed. <laughs> you you will be dearly missed. Yeah. Oh, Press F comes for back respects. At some point. <laughs> hey, this show was his idea, more or less. He was the one who was like, please record a Star Wars book. Hmm. 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 So just uh, wanted to let people know it wasn't an emergency. It was just a last chance to let my, my uh, brother see his niece. There you go. Yeah, and you had some. Uh, I and my you head explodes. Yeah, yeah, your head explodes. Um, yeah, I had an entire day of like everything sucks. Yeah, I hate that. At least I, I, I mean, I know with you it's just all kinds of shit, but with me it's because I'm trying to quit caffeine. Oh yeah, with me it's just because I have had migraines since I was like thirteen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> same, same. They're worse when you're a little kid, right? I, oh my god. Well, the problem is w- no one lets you just be like. Oh, yeah, that sucks. When you're a kid and you're at high school or something, you're like, my head is literally going to explode and I can't look at things. They're like, how dare you put your head down in class? Yeah, I I, I just I remember being way softer about my migraines when I because I I started getting when I was like nine or ten. And I remember throwing a pillow over my face and screaming in bed and that I almost never made it through a migraine without throwing up. Hmm. So they were they were real real bad. Uh, nowadays, I'm pretty sure I know what they were because I have a bizarre one in a million coincidental disease that causes all kinds of stupid nonsense. Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. But back then, we were just like, ah, it's probably because he's hyperactive. Who cares? Get him a skateboard. <laughs> ah, he's got too much energy. We got to get him outside more. The problem is that he's inside ever and at all. We can put a stop to that right away. <laughs> ah, yes, he must be allergic to roofs. <laughs> all right, well, I'm Dr. Outdoors, and my prescription is that this kid shouldn't drink from anything but a hose until he's 16. <laughs> ah, yes, Dr. Outdoors, famous for having the cure to depression as well. Oh, that son of a bitch, I hated him. <laughs> Best thing about moving to San Diego, even though between the two of us, of course, I actually love going outdoors and it is a cure to my uh, sometimes depression. But that's because I don't have actual depression. I just am a shitty person. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Yes, I brought it all the way back around. Uh, You know, this has been a very fascinating area of conversation. But you know what else would be fun to talk about is Star Wars. (laughs) You know, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Why don't we talk about fucking Star Wars? Uh, we're doing chapters twelve through fourteen of Jedi Search this week. Yeah, and I got, and I got to tell you, it's going to be all about. Uh, well, it, it's three different stories, and they're all very disjointed. We're starting with Luke and Gan Torres, the dark-haired, dark-eyed, dark man from uh, Eol Shaw, going to Bespin to look for another potential Jedi recruit. Yeah, and uh, 
haven't been to Bespin in a while. So that's nice. We get to come back to uh, the Cloud Town. <laughs> yeah, although we're not in Cloud City. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, they when they arrive on Bespin, and a lot of this chapter is taken up with Gantoris, like, idly thinking about the powers he is about to unlock and how wonderful it is to serve a new master and see new landscapes. I mean, literally, the first sentence of this chapter is, Luke showed Gantoris the universe. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <sighs> I was like, I, was that a sex thing? Is that a, is that what just happened? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> this is definitely Luke being like, let me show you the wonders of the universe. And he's like, did you, uh, you know, you got a prostate? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a trick I learned on Dantooine. It involves this grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, nice. Gantoris is an interesting character who is apparently going to get actually going to get point of view cha- uh, sub chapters in this book because that's happens in this chapter yeah, yeah i uh, we... i don't know if i like having gantoris's point of view all that much but uh it's fine i mean i could see that largely because his point of view is mostly just that he is instantly worshipful of luke and uh very yeah. full of himself yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fun head to be in no, the fact that he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, two days ago I was a leader in my community and, you know, attempting to murder this guy. But now I am in awe at the size of this lad. <laughs> His chonk is strong in the force. He is an absolute Jedi unit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they are heading to not uh, Cloud City, but the second largest city on uh, Bespin, Tibinopolis. Yes, but uh, Tibinopolis is mm-hmm. is uh, abandoned. Abandoned, uninhabited, and yet for some reason still fully or at least partially operational, uh, which is very unusual given the amount of insane power and time it takes to keep these floating cities floating. Yeah, it's odd because you're like, you know, <laughs> you have to design a whole bunch of nonsense, get a bunch of, like... Uh, repulsors and things together you've got a whole bunch of like processing stuff for gas and whatnot and then Mm -hmm. like to just go nah fuck this place seems weird yeah i honestly thought that this was i mean i actually went and looked it up on wikipedia just to make sure in my own head that tibinopolis wasn't like the official name of cloud city Hmm. but uh they're two separate places and in doing so, I learned that Cloud City, which still is uh, functional in, in this storyline at this time, uh, operates by having 36,000 repulsor lift engines keeping it up off the planet. Yeah, that's... Ugh. You'd think if someone was going to be like, yo, we got to abandon this city, they'd go, do you know how much this city is worth? Right? I mean... If you abandon a building in in a a good area, even in a bad area, someone's going to come along and use it for something. And this one is inhabited by birds now, and not even cool sentient birds. That's right. No cool birds here. Shitty <laughs> just, regular birds. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, why isn't this thing a spa or a military or a pirate hideout? Yeah. Like a pirate hideout would make the most possible sense. I mean, also just... If there is more than one city on Bespin, it should also just be this still, because abandoning it for no reason seems weird. Oh, yeah, that's also true. That If it gets abandoned, you don't think Cloud City would send over some of their shoe ships and just land them here and be like, fuck it, this is ours. Yeah. You'd be like, all right, well, this- I guess our operations now include this now. Yeah, we have this city too. Perfect, because we are running out of cheap apartments. Mm-hmm. But no, we just abandon it so it can be like a Tony Hawk level or something, I guess. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a sick kickflip off of this. (laughs) Whole thing was built with nothing but half pipes just all over it. Real weird that the uh, Tabata gas processing station is mostly half pipe. Well, you know, the person who designed it in the first place was a skimboarder. uh, One of Zach's favorites, in fact. So it's just it's just a common culture inside of the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. Well, this place, of course. Uh, famous for being a level in Tony Rock, <laughs> pro skater. <laughs> hey, someone finally called the birds by their species name. Yeah, the birds are rocks. Rock. Rock. Yeah, 
yeah. Uh, so when Luke and Gantoris arrive, there is no one there but some birds. And Gantoris is like, what are we doing here? This is an abandoned thing. I don't even understand what the kind of thing this is because I'm from a volcano. And Luke's like, hey, we're just here to wait for a guy. So chill. <laughs> chill out, my dude. Now, right. Gantoris now- has got like way powerful in a short amount of time because even just as they're flying past like cloud city uh luke remembers the whole like hey remember when i was over there and i even i luke have misremembered the thing that vader said as luke i am your father even though he says no i am your father (laughs) that's true uh (laughs) but gantoris is like oh yeah i could definitely feel a surge of emotion off of you and luke's like damn really you're like way yeah. more advanced than i was when i started yeah gantoris is really all set for ap jedi studies hmm. Hmm. he's gonna get that extra point on his uh on his grades for for being just an amazing jedi off the bat because yeah this whole chapter is just him being like oh no i'm already up to speed on that one too thank you oh yeah anytime someone's like "Ooh, let's teach you a thing he's like all right and i failed and then i succeeded Luke, uh, I gotta tell you, Vader never said, Luke, I am your father. That's a pop culture thing. Also, I'm digging around in your mind right now, and buddy, it's the Berenstain Bears. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, not true. That's impossible. <laughs> Search your library, Luke. You know it to be true. Hmm? Uh, Just go on and look it up. They all have the A there. They're named after the Berenstain family. No, that's just because I'm in another universe. <laughs> a long, long time ago, it might have been the Berenstein Bears. Yeah, sure. Sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. You don't just have faulty memory about a thing you assumed as a kid. <laughs> so, sure enough, Gantoris just sits around meditating because that's the kind of dude he is, and they wait for about two days, and then all of a sudden, because Gantoris got to be shown as a powerful Jedi pretty early here, He's like, Luke, I sense something. I am the one who senses it. Yes, we were all hanging out. And then I was like, hey, a dude approaches. Mm hmm. And uh, Luke's like, wow, you should be able to detect that. Well, I had nothing else to do. So I was just throwing my mind out there. It's easy because I'm good at this. (laughs) I'm just real super great at this. I'll probably be better than you if I manage to survive, which I won't. (laughs) nope all right so (laughs) sure enough uh approaching tebanopolis is a ramshackle collection of steampunk balloon garbage oh yeah i mean you hear the description of this of just like oh yeah there's like some balloons and weird propellers at odd angles and lashed together tanks and stuff and you're like oh okay i get it (laughs) Mm mm-hmm yeah, you're up to speed on this one. Like, the guy's going to step off of it, and he's going to have a comically huge mustache and a monocle that has a second monocle that can flip down in front of it for extra focus. Exactly. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, you decided that, I don't know, for some reason, a Bespin hobo is actually just, like, a weird steampunk peddler? <laughs> Greetings, I'm Professor Magorium. I bring great wonders. I have a tonic. I seek dragon livers for my tinctures. Yeah, uh, so so this is Streen piloting this. He is alone. He lives alone all the time. Yep, it's uh, just and, Streen and the birds. Yep, and Streen is Jedi candidate number two. Uh, I guess number three if you're counting Timo. Yeah, I guess, but this is like Luke's number two. Yeah, this is Luke's number two. Uh, Luke's number two is firm, a little mushy around the edges. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> so Streen, Streen is almost an old man already. They they make a point of saying he's like in his early forties. He's got some gray hair going on. Uh, he is definitely a person who's already lived a full life without knowing he's a Jedi, uh, and he's a little wary about what these two guys are doing here. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've been like, yeah, I spent most of my life in an abandoned city with just birds there and for like the past 20 years no one else has shown up and then two dudes just standing there waiting for you and you're like ooh ooh no oh no are you guys gonna offer to show me the universe i've heard that line <laughs> look i already know about my own wonders okay 
<laughs> well, uh, basically Luke's like, hi, I think you might be a Jedi. What? What the hell's that? What are you talking about? What do you want? And Luke doesn't even bother addressing him any further, because I guess Luke's turned rude now, because he just turns to Gantoris and he's like, hello, Gantoris. Now let me explain how mining works on this planet in front of this scared guy. <laughs> Which is, he just turns, he's like, I think you might be a Jedi. A what? What the hell's that? What do you want from me? Gantoris, did you know that on this planet, mining works like this? And it's like, this is not a good time for an object lesson, Luke. You're in the middle of, of delicate negotiations. Yeah. And I mean, I get that he's using it as a lesson to be like, Gantoris, let me explain why I believe that uh, Streen is a Jedi, but uh, you could have explained it to Streen instead of being real rude about it. Yeah, surprisingly rude. He hasn't even introduced them or anything. Uh, but yeah, basically the story here is that the way Tabana gas is mined on Bespin is that there are a number of satellites overhead that send down constant data about gas cloud movement that is just open information anyone who runs a mining facility has access to it uh they can take that information interpolate the or, or interpret the data to, to, to figure out where bursts of good gas are about to be and then fly their ships over there to try and catch it now for like the normal miners it takes that level of technology in order to do that because you know they have to wait until it kind of breaks the cloud surface and belches up to go get it. And you're not, you can't really be certain way ahead of time. Like you can't just go, this is the spot where gas is and go mine it. You have to go to it. Yeah. Now, Strain, on the other hand, doesn't bother paying attention to that shit. He doesn't need a fish radar. He was born with one. So he always has the tendency of flying out to where gas is about to be good, uh, even without you know, any kind of uh, proof that it's going to be good. And he's been doing it for forever, and he always gets enough gas to sell it to local refineries and make a living. Yep. And uh, so at that point, Gantoris is even like, hey, come with us. Just think about it. Think about how rad you could be. Hey, Yeah, you could be a rad fucking power dude. You could see all of these wonders of the universe. Now let Luke touch your head. I know. I mean, at a certain point, Luke's got to be like, all right, Gantoris was a bad idea. This is definitely a dark side guy. <laughs> like at any moment, any moment now, he's going to he's going to be like, yes, Luke, please do teach me all of the power. Also, where do you sleep at night? <laughs> well, it's just are you well, or... the fact that yeah. he's like, oh, hey, uh, I know that when I was getting trained as like a 19 year old, they definitely said I was way too old for this. I'm going to take this, like, 45-year-old dude and be like, hey, come on, let's do stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I kind of get the impression that that in particular, that Yoda's whole, oh, he's too old, I can't train him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's probably correct. But the uh, the important, or at least set in his ways, Yoda should be pretty, like, oh, well, you know, all the Jedi I ever trained were fucking children. Hmm. Uh, I, I kept trying to get them to stop, but they wouldn't. Hmm. Sorry, bad joke. Um, bad. <laughs> anyhow, uh, he kept training like nine-year-olds, so when he met a 19-year-old Luke, he was like, no, can't do it. This is not a trainable candidate. And I, I guarantee you that that has not sat pretty with Luke these many years on. Lo, these many years. Like, every time Luke meets an old guy who might be a Jedi, he's like, oh, fuck you, Yoda. I can teach anyone. I did it, you wrinkly old green raisin man. <laughs> You goddamn gangrenous ball sack. I'll do what I want. <laughs> I'll train any age of Jedi. Up yours. <laughs> Ageist. Oh, I'm 900. Yeah, yeah, yeah still, though. <laughs> so, uh, so Streen, he's not, he isn't concerned about Streen already being, like, late Middle Ages. And, yeah, uh, Streen doesn't really want anyone to do any Jedi tests on him, so Luke's just like, hey, no problem. We'll just sit here and do cool Jedi shit in front of you until you change your mind. Yeah, and it's that, it's very weird that they were like, you know, the best way to convince Strain to come with us, let's be cool Jedis and have a cool Jedi display. Yeah, he's like, I'm not interested in whatever it is you're peddling. I just want to be a gas miner and be left alone. Thank you. And they're like, watch this rad shit. And I kept expecting Luke to just pull a lightsaber and be like, look at this thing. I got this thing. You could have one of these things. I mean, everybody wants to just go round, round with one of these. That's 
you want the to, easiest you want to way to real... get someone. <laughs> you want to feel real weird about it? This one in particular, the one I'm holding, killed like 12 kids once. <laughs> it's a uh, oof, man. <laughs> I try not to think about it. Actually, that's not true. That isn't his first saber. That's that uh, he's he's got his second saber here. The one yeah. he built himself. His, there we go. Okay, his own before good I get any... special saber. Before before I get any comments on that, yeah, he's he's on the second saber right now. Uh, uh, oh, uh, any hoozles. Uh, what they do as practice is they bother birds. Uh, Luke keeps reaching out with a force to flick nearby like antennas and stuff, the uh, antennae that have rocks on them and scare the rocks off. Yeah, he's like, all right, what do you got? There's a metal beam over there. Kapong. <laughs> Fuck mm-hmm. you, birds. As you can see, the Jedi way is the easiest way to get rocks off. <laughs> Lol. Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> but also, <laughs> it's weird that they would do this, given that Strain is like, yeah, these birds have been my only companions for like, you know, 10 years. And they're like, oh, really? Well, let me fuck with them. That'll convince you to come with us. <laughs> he actually opens with that. He's like, it's just been me and these birds. They can sense when I'm coming and going, and they care about me in a way that no one else actually does. Oh, really? Well, what if I fucked with them right in front of you? Would that make you want to come with me? And I mean, Strain even goes, hey, done- don't fuck with my rocks. Come yeah, on. Like, he, he even like he stops them when because uh, what happens is Luke flicks flicks out and, you know, bings the, the pillar to make the rocks fly off. And Gantoris tries and can't get it to work. But then he's like, hold on. I can be smug about this. My finger isn't even part of this whole thing. So he just crosses his arms and does it. And Luke's like, damn, son, very impressive flicking. <laughs> you did it. You flicked it real nice. Mm-hmm. Now let's practice on this bean. <laughs> yep. Again, Strain is finally like, hey, all right, please stop bothering the birds. I I don't want... Can I'll tell you what, if I go with you, can you teach me not to be a Jedi, but how to not be a Jedi? Because I have a real problem where everywhere I go, I can hear everyone's thoughts, and it's garbage. Yeah. He's like, look, I... Uh... I've got that whole Jedi, I can sense emotions and thoughts and things, except I can't just do it on command. It is always on, and it sucks, and that's why I live alone with birds. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like, oh, of course, I can teach you that. That's fucking easy. Now get in my ship and come with me for some undiscerned number of months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's all I can think about is like, if this dude strictly doesn't want to come with you and just wants you to teach him how to not be in pain all the time, do you really need to haul him off to your school or couldn't you just show him how to not do that? Yeah, he's like, oh, you mean all you want is to be able to learn how to not be in pain when you're around people? Cool. Let's get you around some people. <laughs> uh, so Strain agrees and the three of them fly off towards Coruscant to meet up, meet up with Leia again. Oh, yes. but first they they literally cut loose Streen's ship thing, his blimpy deal, and just send it off into the clouds so that no one else can have it or something. I don't really know why. He doesn't just park it. Yeah, it's weird that they're like, ah, yes, we've got to send this weird <laughs> steampunk ship thing you have to go float among the clouds as like a like a burial for it. I don't know. Uh, is, this, is this symbolism? Are we symbolizing the death of your old life? I don't feel like it's especially polite to do that. I mean, there are still lots of inhabited things floating around on Bespin. It could it could bonk into Cloud City and take out a kid. I just really love the idea that someone's like, ah, finally, flying among the clouds where there's nothing in my way. And, oh, God! And then they just hit this. <laughs> what if it hits that city of Ugnaughts that lives in the clouds over Bespin? I think it's called, like, Ugnaughtopolis or something. It's horrible. <laughs> well, then that would be great. <laughs> well, it might cause a war. Yeah, them versus, I don't know, steampunk people. Anyone. <laughs> that would be great. Whoever wins, I would... we win. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, and as they leave, the rocks fly out in a giant salute to their good friend, Streen. Yes. Oh, the the rocks. They come mm-hmm. and, and they're like, ah, we love you, Streen. Mm-hmm. More rocks than anyone's ever seen. Hmm. Okay, I guess at this, it's as good a time as any to go see what's up with Han. Yeah, now Han just got back from his horrible spider murder adventure where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they lost 
some random fucking dude and then a guard and what was the name of the uh boss uh the uh, oh the boss roke boss roke, roke. boss roke that's it yeah yeah so uh, they all got murdered so yeah everyone got murdered by an invisible thing or not invisible but just in the dark that han never really got a chance to see but he could tell it had big spidery talons because whenever it killed people he could see the shadow of it over them before they died yes uh, and he has just managed, along with Chewbacca and Kip Duran, to escape whatever that was and make their way back to uh, the mining encampment where they or the prison camp thing where they where they are currently living. Yes. Now we uh, we start with a little thing with Skinksnecks getting the blessing from Morith Duel to go murder them. Oh, that's that's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Morith Duel is now absolutely terrified because of the phone call he had with Leia. Uh, so he has ordered Skinks next to go clean up by killing everybody so that it, it will look believable that they were never anywhere near Kessel. Yeah, it's like, well, we gotta, you know, kill them and get rid of the bodies just because if someone does come down and starts looking for things, we don't want them to be like, let's go look inside this mining operation. Oh, look, there they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or just given Han and Chewbacca's penchant for adventure, you can't just be like, yeah, you'll never get down into the dungeon mining part of this prison and, and count that they won't just suddenly pop out of the ground and be like, ha we stole an escape. Hmm. Some other guy was trying to escape, to escape and we stole it. <laughs> we stole his escape, his Ford escape. <laughs> uh, so Skinksnax is pleased and heads down to kill Luke and Chewbacca in Stanter with his stupid gun. Uh, which, thankfully, we finally get a description of what the fuck that thing is this chapter. Yes, indeed. Before, all we got was like, oh, it's a big, ugly, spidery thing. But oh, no, now... not the, not the monster. Also true, yes, we do get a full description of the monster. I meant that Skinksnex, his blaster gets full description oh, in this chapter. Oh, his blaster. <laughs> yeah. His blaster's uh, garbage. I know, but but we've been hearing about it for like three chapters now, that it's a cool, illegal double blaster that does better shit than it's, oh, it's super dangerous, and it definitely will kill you, unlike a, a, a regular blaster, which yeah. will, yeah. Except when we get um, the dis the description of it, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a reason people don't use this, and it's because it's horribly inaccurate. It's just some hot garbage. I mean, it's a little ahead in the chapter, but fuck it. The way it works is the two blaster... Uh, barrels slightly point at each other so about six feet out in front of where he shoots it they hit each other and explode into a bigger spirally blaster that's supposed to go straight ahead from where the gun had originally been pointing yeah and it's basically a Mega Man charge shot yeah it's uh <laughs> it's real funny to me that they're like oh yeah because if the two like you know coherent light beams touch each other then they'll just combine and shoot forward you're like that's not the way that works <laughs> whatever in this case it does it creates a coruscating spiral of mega doom which is significantly more powerful than just two blaster bolts would have been oh yeah and you need that when you're sh shooting a human without armor <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's Kingsnax's favorite gun. And now that we know he kind of looks like Fred Gwynn as a milkman, we're, we're we're way less interested in the rest of him anyway. So it's nice to know he at least has one bit of flair. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, he finds them as they're pulling up uh, Han and Chewie and Kip in their, their ramshackle minecart escaping the spider. They're looking around for anybody to try and help them. And who do they see but Skinksnex? Because <laughs> Han just comes in and he's like, oh, shit. Boss Rogue's dead. Everyone's dead. There's a monster in there. We got to get the fuck out. And then Skinksnex like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. So Han, Skinksnex really should have handled this better because Han's like, well, I guess I'm still in this minecart. Goodbye. Yeah. Just like he ran in, and Skinksnex like, hey, I'm gonna kill you. And Han's just like, all right, well, fuck it, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> And they just ride off in the minecart again. Everybody and back they, in the cart. Uh-huh. And they, they take off, and it turns out they're pretty much just on the same basic pathway that they had been. Well, yeah, because he's like, uh, we're just going off of whatever was punched into the computer, which at this point is just going to take us back to where we were, where the monster is at the end of this mm -hmm. book. Yeah, but... <laughs> God damn it. 
but they didn't have uh, they didn't have time to reprogram, so they're just running. And Skink Snacks and some other guards just immediately jump into another one of these things, and we have an underground roller coaster shoot chase. Ah, uh, yes, it's now time for Mister Solo's wild ride as mm-hmm. <laughs> these two groups in minecarts go whipping around in the darkness, basically having a like. What is it? Space Mountain Adventure? Know. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you have Kipteron in there yelling, like, take the left tunnel. The left tunnel. And Harrison Ford's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah no, I was I, in that other movie. Yeah, yeah no, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, uh-huh, uh, I'm i there. <laughs> up to speed. Up to speed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Kaquan was a lot of fun to work with, but you fucking suck, Kipteron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. That wasn't Jonathan Kaquan. What am I saying? Wait. Yeah, it fucking was. All right, let's move forward. <laughs> This has been Jeff arguing with himself. Good job. You did it. You won the argument with yourself and also lost. <laughs> yeah, part of me was dead wrong. So, okay, uh, Skinksnacks is stu- shooting his stupid, wildly inaccurate blaster at them, but he can't hit them with it because it fucking sucks. And they're zipping around through the darkness, not really sure where they're going, trying to take turns that don't just lead them right back to the murder spider. When all of a sudden, as they're whipping around through the darkness, Han gets hit in the face with a strand of something. Yes. Just uh, a big, loose, flying strand of something. Yeah, monofilament. And his face gets sliced in half. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that one scene in Neuromancer. Whatever. Y'all ever watched Ghost Ship? Or at least <laughs> the first five minutes of it, which is the only thing that's good? <laughs> I haven't, but I have watched, Neur- uh, not Neuromancer, but uh, Johnny Mnemonic. So I've seen a monofilament scene. Yeah, it's great. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves a monofilament. Uh, I do like that, apparently, in my head, these minecarts are very different from what I was imagining, because while they are, like, hover carts, they also just straight up have the ability to be driven around like a regular hover car, because, like, they're going and they're like on the tracks and whatnot and they like take a turn down one of the tunnels and for some reason skink snacks who should have been like a good couple minutes behind them is just right behind them uh follows them and chewbacca gets the great idea of like oh we actually have an extra cart back here if i let that go it'll just sort of sit on the tracks and they should hit it but instead Mm -hmm. they just kind of go like oh we'll uh leave the tracks and go like around the side of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah, well, basically what's happening is that the carts are just hover carts, uh, but the tracks have been laid down there so that they can send out blind teams. So basically they're, they're like when you lay out a line for a Roomba to follow, uh, they, they, you can, you, they can still just fly around all they want normally, but the tracks are there so that you can, they can be safe in the dark. But Skinksnacks don't care. He's got goggles on. Yeah, it's just weird to so, me that you would have carts that could go back and forth. Oh, you mean as opposed to, like, actual trains? Well, just... In a situation where you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, even with infrared goggles, which is the only thing they've got down there, it's not like you can really differentiate the walls of things. Oh, no, that's true. And they consistently forget that that's a that the walls down here aren't going to show up on IR goggles. That they're just, they're just cold. Yeah. But... But instead, they're what? like, oh, yeah, they, they just dodge around shit. And I'm like, no, you don't. Fuck you. <laughs> you shouldn't even be able to see that the fucking cart is coming towards you. But whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. Oh, that might that might make sense. That thing had some residual heat in it from its repulsor lifts or something. I don't know. You know, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, what happens is they get chased around a fucking bunch. Eventually, Han gets whipped in the face by monofilament cable. Doesn't kill him. It just breaks. And he's like, the hell is that? And then he starts hitting more and more of it. And that's when he finally puts together what's been obvious for several chapters now. This place is full of spiders, and the spice is their webs. Yes. And a bogey comes around, and they're basically chasing the bogey because it gives off light, so they're able to see. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out, not only are the uh, little spice strands from the spiders, but these bogeys are what they're after. Yeah, exactly. We now have the whole ecosystem of whatever the fuck is going on down here in the Kessel Mines. It's that there is uh, 
little in bogey creatures, which are just lights that can fly right through walls and stuff, that appear to be made entirely out of energy, and then spider webs that catch them for spiders that have no energy but eat energy. Yeah, and the strands are like the one thing that they can't just phase through, so that's also why you have the like, oh, they you know, glow and they're photoreactive. And they're like, yeah, of course they are, because they're meant to catch the one thing that has any sort of light down here. And I'll be honest, uh, outside of not knowing what the fuck a bogey is or does, that's this is actually kind of a cool ecosystem to, to have set up. Yeah, it's interesting like, to be like, oh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, a planet that you shouldn't actually have people on because, you know, that's not a thing that should be there. There's no mm-hmm. atmosphere or whatever. So the only thing that exists is stuff that's underground. And even then, it's stuff that isn't like, oh, yeah, I need to eat a thing. It's just like energy monsters. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate, the, the thing you keep running into is where do bogeys come from and what do they do when they're not being eaten by spiders? Oh, well, mostly they, uh, I don't know, solve mysteries and tell people about hills of beans. I think we at one point we did a bonus content on them, and it turned out there's a whole bunch of random nonsense that explains what they are and why they're there. I'm sure. And, you I know, like I was the one who did it, so yeah. you'd think I'd remember. Yeah, they were not alive, and they were could not be detected by the Force, and they were something that maybe they were only there because of humans. I don't remember. There was something to it. In any event, they follow this bogey around for a while until it dives into a wall, and that's when it lights up a wall, and at the bottom of a, t- of a big cavern they find themselves in, they can see it. One of these big-ass energy spiders. Yeah, Bogey just gets slammed trying to go through a wall, because that wall apparently is full of spice, so it just gets stuck kind of halfway out of the wall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that sure is going to be the dinner bell for that spider. Yep, and so out comes an energy spider, which is a uh, absolute monster of a creature, just completely covered in crazy spikes and hooked appendages and all kinds of things. Uh, they never really get a super good look at it, because again, it doesn't have any energy of its own. It's like pitch cold uh, and dark, but there are points where when it touches electricity, you can see lightning running around on top of it, like it itself is made out of photoactive spice. Well, yeah, because you've got some vision from the bogey because there's light coming off of that. And Mm -hmm. then when light hits the spider, like from the bogey, you get that same, like you said, sort of blue photoreactive thing that the uh, strands would normally have. Right. So uh, this is basically the big turnaround point. Han uh, pulls hard up to get away from this fucking spider thing, which who would blame him? Uh, But, skinks next because he's so busy being a murderer doesn't notice it and gets killed by the spider yeah he just is like oh i'm gonna get you han and doesn't notice the giant murder monster until it is way too late and gets just stabbed by it yeah he tries to shoot at it but i mean the thing eats energy so the blaster bolt just kind of gets eaten by it it's like "Mm, thank you and now i'm going to eat you as well yeah it's like oh sweet you've got some body heat that's neat I'll take that. Yep, so Skink Snacks, and then shortly after him, the other guard fall prey to, literal prey, to an energy spider. And as uh, Han and Chewbacca and Kip dizzyingly fly away at high speeds, it's not that long before they find their way into one of the other illegal mines on Kessel, and they find their way up and out. Yeah, there was, in the ceiling of the area where the monster was, a hole, and they were like, well, fuck it, let's just get up out of here. And it Mm -hmm. turns out, Boy, howdy, that leads to one of those illegal mining operations that was here. You gotta wonder how happy the spider would be if it found its way out of the hole and was like, holy shit, there's just solar energy out here. Oh my god, this is amazing! I could just hold still and get huge and fat for free! And I'd be like, buddy? (laughs) Samesies. And I'd be like, buddy, nice if you can get it, I have to pay. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, they get out, uh, and they... Kip knows the closest direction to a spaceport, and so they fly in that direction and find a couple of ships, and that's pretty much where we end with them. Well, yeah. And I mean, (laughs) I do like that they were just like, oh, but, you know, we gotta be careful, because, you know, what if someone sees us? But, like, 
No one Ooh. should know. Because one, no one knows that you're here except for like the boss and Skinksnacks. Mu- and Skinksnacks yeah. is dead, and the boss isn't going to know that until someone tells Skinks him Skinksnacks is dead, but no one's going to know he's dead. Yep, exactly. So they've got a little bit of spare time, and it's not like there's a lot of people wandering around on the surface of this planet. It's more or less uninhabitable. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like this should be just a straight win. Like getting to the surface should be oh, good. We did it. We did it. We're done. Because unless we want to go back and fuck with Morth Duel, no one knows that. Uh, I, I guess the only way that this could work is if um, Skinksnacks had like a dead man switch on him or something. I guess. But you'd think way down in the mines, it's not like any sort of signal or anything would be getting out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, who knows? And certainly any any equipment he had that would send a single to, to uh, Morath Duel would just be energy absorbed by the spider anyway. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty much the end of them. And now it's time for basically a, com- a combo Luke and Leia chapter. Yes, indeed. Luke's gone. Luke's back on Coruscant, and he spent the past couple hours hanging out with Jason and Jaina, and he's using the Force to just levitate them and fling them all over the apartment. Yeah, he's just Force-juggling toddlers, and, you know, I get it. I -hmm. would. I feel like other people might have some sort of complaint about that. They'd be like, all right, well, the kid's going to get used to that, and you know I can't do it, so please don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, but at that point, as, you know... An uncle, you'd have to be like, nah, that's great, because then it gets to be, I'm the cool uncle that can juggle them. <laughs> and he's doing this for quite some time. He's got a sense that there's something wrong with Leia, but she hasn't told him what yet. And she comes out and we get more of this not very well written, let's pity Leia for how hard her life is stuff, where she's like, oh, I'm so tired, Luke. The twin responsibilities of diplomacy and being a mother have nearly destroyed me anyway the machine that automatically makes food without any input for me has almost finished making dinner and 3po does all the diaper changing how are you (laughs) yeah god i love that (laughs) it's some jetson shit is what it is oh my life so hard please robot change the diapers on these children (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I mean, I get it. I get it. I I have a kid. I know that if you just take out diaper changing and having to make dinner, it's still a fucking hard job all the time. And she's got twins and she's not used to them, but it doesn't read right because it's it's all in the same chapter. She looks haggard as if she's been pulled to her absolute limits by the amount of work that's being placed on her as a diplomat and a mother. Also, her food replomat has almost finished making her a four course dinner with no input from her whatsoever. (laughs) And I'm just like. You know what? You could have split those by a few paragraphs so it didn't look stupid. I'm not saying you had to, but you could have. You could have done. And yeah, we also do get a whole subchapter here dedicated to how 3PO likes changing diapers. Oh, yeah, because he's like, ooh, this isn't going on an adventure at all. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, changing a diaper doesn't involve anyone shooting at me or a monster trying to eat me or anything. It's just poop. It's just pure poop. My favorite. (laughs) that's my fetish (laughs) don't tell Leia she'd fire me immediately (laughs) Uh, uh, so Luke's still just kind of beating around the bush trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with Leia well yeah I mean he at least starts kind of on his own business because he's like oh okay you know Strain and Gantoris are here but they're like not really in the city one because Strain would freak out being around people. And And I mean, honestly, honestly, yeah, probably Gantoris too, given that he's lived in a community of like 32 people. Well, that, and he's also already almost got a Darth in front of his name. (laughs) The way he acts and talks. I can't leave that guy alone. Honestly, I shouldn't leave the two of them alone. I'm pretty sure that Gantoris is foxing the corn out of Strain right now. (laughs) Uh, But he's like, yeah, you know. At least I I did find two people, so go yeah. me. And so he's here to he's here to petition Leia to do even more work for him by trying to find a planet where he can go train Jedi's where they won't be able to fuck shit up with local populace. He wants her to go get him an uninhabited planet that already has furnished accommodations on it. And you know, while you're at it, can we get the people from Ale Shaw somewhere? Yeah. So he actually wants her to find two planets and Mara Jade. Two planets like, and a hey, Mara look, Jade. Can you get a message out to Mara Jade and the few other Jedi candidates we already knew about? 
to have them meet us on the planet, you're obviously going to get us. And Leia's like, okay, Luke, that is, that is a tall order. That's a lot of shit you want from me at once. And Luke's like, hey, you can always just have a Han win you another planet in a card game. Ha ha, remember that one book? <laughs> remember that shit book that sucked ass? And she's like, I sure ooh, hope- ooh, I do. <laughs> Sore subject. I sure hope he doesn't, te- doesn't kidnap me and drag me off to Jedi planet too. <laughs> It'd be a second time. Thanks for bringing that up, Luke. Yeah, but before she can even really respond to that, Lando comes in and is just like, God damn it, Leia, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah, you fucked with my man, Leia. And she's like, are are you talking about my husband? Yeah, sort of, like on paper. (laughs) Look, how the hell have you not told me that Han isn't back yet? What are you doing? Right, and so she's like, she basically spills the beans. She's like, Look, here's the story. Uh, I I haven't heard from him for like four days after I should have. I called the planet. I got a hold of some Rybet named Morith Duel. He had a lot of really convenient answers, uh, and I'm pretty sure that there's a problem. And Lando's and Luke are like, well, let's go fucking fix it. She's like, well, hold on. It would be a diplomatic it, brouhaha if I sent out a repu- like a whole Republic team to look for Han. Kessel is on the verge of joining us, and we need to keep this smooth. Hmm. And hmm. then... Even though that's a perfectly good explanation, and she should have just stopped, she launches into, and besides, it's probably just Han being a lazy, irresponsible asshole. I'm sure that he forgot about his kids that he absolutely loves, and is just playing Sabacc for two weeks straight without communication. I assume that she looked around real quick to make sure Winter wasn't in the room before she said that. Of course. Because, like... Lando's like, no, fuck you. You're you're dumb and an idiot. We're going. That sounds like the kind of shit Winter should have drilled out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so she tries it again with like, oh, Han's just a lazy, irresponsible sack of stupid, and I shouldn't have to call him. And Lando's like, you would call him if you were a good wife. I'm a good wife. I'm going to go fucking find him. <laughs> uh as soon as Lando's like, oh, we'll go look for him <laughs> ourselves, Leia's face brightened, and Luke realized that this is what she intended to ask all along. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Why are you tricking them? They're your brother and your husband's best friend. Like, if you are worried, you could instead say, hey, I'm super worried about Han, but I have too many responsibilities to go, and I don't really trust anyone else to go do this. Can you go find him? That would be fine, but instead you're like, oh me, oh my, if only someone could n- tell me what was happening to Han. I refuse to even be worried about it, because obviously he is merely off gallivanting with morons, as is his want. He's probably off seeing the wonders of the universe, ho-wink. <laughs> uh, it is just infuriating, because... Uh, it- I mean, I get it. They're trying to set it up that Leia's been playing 12th dimensional mind chess this whole time. But why? It's Luke and Lando. Yeah, I just fucking. You don't need to trick them. They'll just go do it. Also, we know it's not like, ah, yes, my plan from the very beginning, because we've had chapters from your point of view where in your own head, you're like, oh, I'm sure he's just an asshole that doesn't like communicating with me or his own children. Ah, the first person you must deceive in any successful heist is yourself. Indeed. (laughs) I didn't even realize I was part of this heist. (laughs) You son of a bitch, I'm in. (laughs) You son of a bitch, I'm me. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, they immediately resolve to do so. Uh, They're going to go off and find Han and figure out what the fuck's going on. And they leave Gantoris and Streen in Leia's care for now. Yeah, and they're going to take R2 and head out to Kessel. Uh, Amusingly, Lando's like, yeah, we should also bring R2 with us. That guy's great. That guy's super helpful. And the only droid I know who is. Looks over pointedly at 3PO. Oh, don't mind me. I've simply got my hands covered in glittering brown shit. (laughs) Oh, no, go on without me. Oh, no, I guess I'll have to sit this one out. What a shame. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, but they're going to bring R2. Gantoris and Streen are going to stay behind, presumably on whatever ship that was Luke was flying around in, uh, and wait for Leia to find them a planet. Yep. 
And, I think you know, she just finds them. I, I don't remember for sure, but I think she just finds them Yavin 4. <laughs> Look, I found I, you a planet. It's Yavin 4. Yeah. It's Yavin 4. You remember that one? The one that was almost blown up by a Death Star. We all know it. It was in the first movie. Eh? Eh? Yavin 4? Eh? You like it? It's yours. <laughs> no one knows it's there. I mean, it's sure it's the site of one of the most famous battles in all of galactic history, but eh. Eh. Definitely <laughs> no one would want to live there. That is for it's entirely sure. Ab- it is entirely abandoned, much like the second largest city on Bespin. Yeah, clearly. People just keep going, what is this, perfectly useful? Fuck it, I'm out. It's a galaxy of space wizards, John. They just leave shit lying around. Yeah, no sense of right and wrong. Well, <laughs> well, there you have it. That's uh, that's chapters 12 through 14. Yep, it so, certainly uh, is. So there you have So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again real soon with uh, with exciting Star Wars content as we have time to make it. But in the meantime, why not check out our bonus content? It's only two of dollars. That is right. Over at Patreon or Patreon or whatever it's the Patreon. fuck you want to call I, it. People got on my case about that, and now I now I overcorrect. I know. Just uh, like how I overcorrect with the word both. Both. I used to say, well, I was a bolther. I used to say, yeah, you put an L the in there. I get it. Yeah. And and now and when people started making fun of me and I was like, very well, I should pronounce it both. Ah, yes. Both. Hmm. Many bothins died for this information. No both bolthans. bothins. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, go on down to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $2 level. And that's right. Which you'll we'll, you'll get our uh, expounded universe content where we go over to Wikipedia and we look for dumb garbage nonsense from Star Wars and we tell each other it and you. And boy, did we ever find good shit this week? At least I did. I had a you know we had an extra week to work on it, and I found some fun nonsense. That's right. We had an extra week to work on it, and boy, did I not. <laughs> I mean, I found it last time. I just had extra time to study it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much. We'll hope to see you over on the Patreon. Otherwise, we'll see you in a week with yet more exciting Expounded Universe. Until then, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I love Death Spiders. (laughs) 